who has a testimony that you would like to give regarding your finances in an area where God has really blessed you. One at a time. Anyone at all? Pam, do you have you have a testimony back there, young man? Come on, come on. Yeah, finances. Real loud. Brian, you have served the Lord, known the Lord for a long time, and uh, I know you have tithed for a long time, if not forever, I don't know, but uh, one of the hardest things that people have to learn as a discipline and as a love for God is to put Him first with the tithe, and in the church today, Worldwide, the last I heard, about 10 to 20 percent of people tithe. Um, in, in my opinion, now I learned this the hard way. I, I, when I was saved, I did not tithe, and then I thought, well, yeah, I guess you should tithe, so I gave 10 percent uh, when I had it. When I didn't feel like I had it based on what I thought, I didn't give it. And so I kept 100 percent of what I earned, and I gave God whatever I felt I wanted to give Him. And so therefore, I never really plugged in to the things of God. How many of you have ever had an appliance that you tried to turn on and it didn't work and you're looking at the appliance and something's not right with it? The other day I had the iron in my hand and, uh, and uh, I, was, I was getting ready to iron a shirt and, and it was hot, everything was fine. And I was ironing the shirt and then all of a sudden it just wasn't working right. I thought, something wrong with this iron. Well, when I finally figured it out before I slammed the iron down, I, I looked around and I realized I had pulled the plug out of the cord and I, I wasn't plugged in to the power source. When I plugged it back in, the iron worked the way it was originally intended. I learned the hard way over the years that if you are a selective person with your tithe, and there is no selective way to tithe, you either tithe or you don't. Uh, but I learned the hard way that when I want to put myself in charge, God won't let me. But if I want to put him in charge and give him the 10%, that he truly will open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. And I'll never forget the time when we first started tithing, Pam. We'd made a mistake in our checkbook. I had the $100 that uh, I, it was a check that I hadn't turned in. And so, uh, And I needed the money for our groceries out there in Tulsa. And uh, I was trying to convince Pam, who's always been a tither before she met me, and uh, uh, trying to convince her that we didn't need to turn the check in. We could just hold it, use that for groceries, and then later on, we could repay it. And she just looked at me the way she normally does when she knows I'm going the wrong way, and she says, whatever you think, honey. And uh, I knew it was the wrong thing to do, and I didn't do it. I, uh, I, I didn't hold the check, I turned the check in, and I just cried out to God, and, and really, literally cried 
because a man, and I know a woman too, but a man wants to provide and protect and, and for his family. And when you can't seemingly do it, then you feel less of a man. And that's the way I felt. And I just really started crying. I said, God, I don't know what to do. I'm trying to do what's right, but I don't know what to do. And uh, at that moment, I, I felt like I needed to trust God, turn the check in. From that time on, and I'm not saying we didn't go through some hard times, but from that time on, we truly have seen unbelievable blessings come upon us and overtake us. And the Word of God says He'll open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there'll not be room enough to contain. And there's something about, I don't know that I understand all of it, but there's something about the tithe that touches God's heart to see that we love Him so much that He will bring it into the storehouse and have our total trust in Him. You want to add anything to that before Bill shares? Because you tithed long before I did. Well, I'm a rule follower, remember? <laughs> and so if you're a rule follower, and uh, I remember I went to First Assembly when I first got saved, and Pastor Charles said, we tithe here. And I was there, so I tithed. And uh, I never stopped tithing, even though I was a single mom even though sometimes there wasn't enough. I never had that thought. Um, I just thank God for it because I could have had that thought many times that I could have used that money, you know, take my kids to the movie, do things that I really wanted to do with them. But at that time, I couldn't do it. And uh, God blessed me. After a while, I started having more, more than I needed. And I began to see that if I give to God, i just saying, I trust you to take care of me. And we all need to know there's somebody going to take care of us. I mean, I love my husband, but he's not my provider. Ultimately, God is my source. Now, I trust God to provide for us, and, and we work. But I believe that God is the one that makes my provision. And, oh, Thelma's got something to say. She's already on her feet. Dr. Snuggs is She's up. up. And about. She's up, Madam. <laughs> okay, I, I'm sorry I should have had the microphone for you back there, but we'll pick up uh, with Dr. Snugs here. I, I, I just couldn't sit back there That's fine. as we talk about the Lord and the goodness of the Lord. You can't outgive God. When I, I worked at Purdue, had a good salary, and I spent most of my money, you know, like you just, you just spend it. But I can tell you right now, I can't tell you how much money I have. But it's a considerable amount. And God took care of me when I didn't take care of myself. All that we have belongs to the Lord. It doesn't belong to us. And I heard Shambox say years ago, he, he had a, a revival. And uh, he said that he told the people, tithe, okay, and God will bless you. And there was a lady there, and so she was there. She came back the next year. She says, hey, I didn't just tithe on the amount. I tithed on what I wanted. I did the same thing, and God matched it. And when I give, I give well beyond what my salary is, but God blesses me. I mean, and, and I'm blessed in so many ways. I mean, I, 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 I just don't know how he does it. But we have to build his kingdom. And the more you give, the more he gives back to you. You can't, I, and I, I'm just surprised is how much he gives to us. And 
It's just a miracle, Pastor Bill, Pastor Pam. Y'all know that. It's God. It's nothing to do with me. But he's taking care of me well beyond anything that I could do for myself. And I just give him all the glory. Remember, it all belongs to him. And you get to keep 90%. And then he blesses that. I mean, you can't go to a bank and get that kind of interest. <laughs> you know what I mean? And we don't do it. We don't do it for the sake of getting things back. But God is true to his word. And if you give, he will give back to you. And it's not just money. It's favor. I mean, it's people. It's, it's everything. And you, you, I, I just don't know how to say it, but I just couldn't sit back there. And I'm just so blessed, you know, and I enjoy giving because God gives to me. And the more I give, the more he keeps giving back to me. You know what I mean? And I have more than enough. And I praise God that I'm going to be able to leave quite a bit of legacy after I leave this earth. And I just thank God for it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Give her a hand. Hallelujah. How, how many of you would like to give a lot more than you have right now? Could I see your hand? Then that means you have to get a lot more to be able to give that. Bill? Wow. You're a hard act to follow. <laughs> in keeping with what she said, uh, back in the 70s, we went to several of the uh, Oral Roberts uh, meetings that he held there at the uh, campus of RU and he said something that, that really stuck in my mind he says plant the seed to match the need and uh, my wife and I always believed that we were going to be free of any health problems and so when they had a medical missions program come up we gave into that we planted a seed for our future health and we are in good health I'm 75 and she's something <laughs> I'm not saying it. that's a smart man right there <laughs> she's younger how's that <laughs> but uh, we, we have had extremely good health all our life and we look forward to many more years of really good health because we have planted a seed towards that and we believe God has continued to provide that for us and bless us but John Osteen before he died once said God can't bless what you take away from the church but what you give to the church, that's what he multiplies. But to correct that, the one thing he can bless that you take away is his word. And if you get filled with his word, you'll want to give. He gave his best, we should give our best. Good word, good word. I'm gonna ask Mark to share here in just a second, but back to, and I know some of you've heard this story before, but we have relatively new people in this church. When I found that $100 in our checkbook that hadn't been turned into to, uh, giving, uh, when, when I turned it in, I went back to my office and I sat down there. We're just making almost a little over minimum wage. And I began to cry and I said, God, you're going to have to show me this is true. I knew what the Word said. The Word says, test me or prove me in the book of Malachi. Prove me. If I'll not open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that you'll not have room enough to contain. And, and, and I was just sitting there at, at my desk crying. And I'm thinking, I don't, I don't know what else to do. How many of you have ever been in a position where, you know, you, you just basically, you don't know what else to do? And that was the position I was in. And that was uh, probably, I don't know, 
10, 11, 12 o'clock in the morning. And uh, about uh, 6 o'clock that night, one of the teachers came in. Never forget this, June Austin, Victory Bible Institute teacher. I was working with the night school there. She walked in, she said, Bill, God spoke to me this morning and told me to bring you $100. Now that's what I wanted to use. I wanted to use the $100 to buy groceries. I said, God spoke to me and said, bring you this $100. You'll know exactly what it means. Well, I cried before, but now I'm really crying. <laughs> but these are happy tears. These are tears of God saying, it's okay, Bill. I know where you are. I know you were struggling in your faith. I want you to know this works. I mean, that's what it meant to me. And since then, we have seen unbelievable miracles in finances and in other situations, not so much I would call money, but things that God has just supernaturally uh, done, but including money, honey, that has really come. And, uh, and I know that there are different levels of people that, you know, you've never tithed, or you used to tithe, and now you don't, or there's no way I can tithe because there's no way I can afford to tithe. Folks, you're saying the right words, you just got them in the wrong order. There's no way you can afford not to tithe. So everybody say, there's no way I can afford not to tithe. Mark, come on down here. I think you have, uh, I think I heard your testimony, you know, not that long ago, but I think you've always tithed. Were you raised uh, in, a, in a family that just taught tithing? Well, I was raised in a Christian family. Yeah, my yeah. dad, uh, after his sailor days, decided he thought there was a better way. <laughs> but, but for you, but for me, never, yes, it yeah. was never a question of not tithing. No. Well, Dad, you know, he, you know, when I first started working or started making money, he was like, you know, you know, this is what the Bible says, and it's ten percent. And I said, okay, <laughs> and so I started tithing on it. Listen, that is a great word for all of you parents. If your children are still young enough that you have control over them. Get them to tithe. Right. And I'm a lot like Pastor Graham. I'm a rule follower. So, <laughs> okay, that's the rule. So, um, but yeah, we, uh, I've always tithed um, and um, God's always provided. He's, he's put me in positions so that um, I've never made a huge salary. I, I make a decent salary now, but I've never made a huge salary. And um, we've always owned our own home, um, never had a, well, take it back we had one car payment but don't have car payments and um, so he's always positioned and I believe that's because of tithing and um, just always have our needs met you know and it's not that we don't go without things but have you ever been tempted not to tithe when the times were tough no I can't think I have because I know I've never uh, I've lost a couple jobs and that last paycheck we we made sure we tithed on it you know and but there are times surely that when you did tithe that uh, you had to maybe not have what you hoped you would have because the times were not seemingly lining right. up. Yeah. Well, we've had a couple tithe checks um, make our checking with over withdrawal. So, like, we wrote our check and gave it to the church, and then that's what put us over. <laughs> we're like awesome. <laughs> the tithe check did it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it pulled out of our savings. That's how we set it set up. But it's always funny that it's the tight check. So. so what would you say to people maybe uh, uh, here tonight or maybe listening to this message somewhere? And, uh, you know, 
The other day I was looking at the number of hits we get on our messages. It's phenomenal. Uh, one was, uh, one month was 800, I think. I, now I don't know if they listened to all of the message, but, uh, but you know, somebody could be listening to this message and, uh, and they say, well, I, it sounds good what you're saying, but then maybe somebody's sitting right here, but you know, I only have $30. I can barely make it through the, the week. What would you say to them uh, as to how they're going to make the decision to do it when it just doesn't make any sense? Yeah. Well, it's just like the Bible says, you, you got to test him, you know, put it, put it to the test, you know. Um, if you can't do 10%, say, just, I, I feel like this is all I can do is $5 out of that 30, you know, test God, you know, and, and build your tests each time bigger. So, but yeah, I, I, I just would agree with everybody that you can't outgive him, you know, so. Yep. Uh, Give Mark you tell a hand. About your truck? <laughs> Give Mark a oh, hand. Wait a minute, honey. Huh? He's got a testimony about a truck. Yeah. Well, we've been, we've been, I've been believing for a, I've always wanted a Toyota truck and, and, uh, been waiting and waiting. And I drove, uh, Mike High has my old car. I, I blessed him with it. Um, um, we, uh, I was able to purchase, uh, for a very low price, um, for, Escape. Yeah, it is an escape. I, he, that was an escort, and um, so I, I blessed him with it. Got this other one blessed. Basically, I was blessed with it, and so we just kept believing. And uh, the other day, when I was at work, I was driving through the neighborhood, and there was a, a Toyota truck, and so I took a picture of it, and sent it to Laurel. She called the guy. We went out and test drove it, and it was just right. At, you know, I was like, well, if you can come down to this price. And when we got back, I said, could you take any less? And he said, that price. And I was like, so, yeah, I got my truck finally. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Mark. Okay, now, this would take a very brave person. But who would like to come up here tonight who is a non-tither? You've listened to what has been said. And you say, I'm going to give this a shot. And then we'll figure out how to track you <laughs> through the church and keep track of the windows of heaven opening and giving you a blessing that you will not have room enough to contain. And we'll give it about six months. And if it doesn't work, we'll give you your money back. <laughs> But you have to remember this. God will let you take it back. But once you plug in, I would never, ever want to take it back from Almighty God. I'll just tell you a brief story here before I give somebody a chance to respond. We had an individual that gave a sum of money to this church a long time ago. They gave it to God. Anything you give to the church, you give to the Lord. And then they became a little concerned about some things and said, we want it back. And that was very difficult. Number one, you don't give money back because you already spend it on various programs and things like this. But in this particular case, we're able to do that. And, and we had to go through some things with the IRS, or not IRS, but making sure that that 
went back in as income to them. But I watched things go wrong in the family. And I watched things that just happened that were not right, even health issues and other things. Uh, you can pull away from the umbrella of the protection of God in every area of your life and say, God, I'll handle it myself. Or you can get under that umbrella and stay under that umbrella. So while it sounded a little cute or funny to say we give you your money back, I would caution anybody from ever wanting money back that you gave to the Lord. It would not be a good thing. I don't want to embarrass anybody, but if anybody wants to do that, I want to pray for you. One person, want to try it? You're not a tither, but you're willing to try it? Anyone at all? Would be a little bit embarrassing. You want to try it back there? Okay. Father, we, we pray for this young lady. You're new to our church. Okay. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Father, we pray for this, uh, with this young lady. Is this your husband, your b b boyfriend? It's none of my business, is it? That's right. Well, I've, I, really, I really opened the door to that. Father, what is your first name? Father, we pray, we pray that in Jesus' name, this, this step forward that she's making tonight, that, Lord, it would open the windows of heaven. And, Lord, I'm not negating that they couldn't open tonight. But, Lord, sometimes they don't open as fast as we want. But they will open because you will not, never, ever, ever not perform your word. You hasten to perform your word. And, Father, we thank you that as she has made a decision to tithe, we're going to see the blessings upon her life in every area. In Jesus' precious name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Honey, we're going to give some testimonies tonight and talk about Thanksgiving, what God has done in uh, all of our lives out here. I'm going to have some people share. You but can receive the offering. Go ahead. Sure. Let's pray. Shall we pray over it? Yeah. Go ahead. Father, we thank you for all the seeds that are sown tonight. And we do believe for multiplication because it's your word. And as we give and put it into your hands, we know that it'll touch other people but you will multiply that seed back because there are needs all over that we can be uh, helping with. And I thank you that as we give it away, that it increases when it comes back and that there'll be more than enough for the, each person here and more than enough to give again to help others. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to share just a couple of things here and then Pam's going to introduce a little video. But the original intent of Thanksgiving is, is really amazing if you study it. People have tried to revise history and a lot of people that are trying to undermine the very foundation of this nation, but uh, the first known event that took place for Thanksgiving supposedly was 1621, and they brought all the Indians together and they had a big festivity. And uh, this, is, this is a couple of excerpts from what was said during that meeting. I think it's really interesting. Our corn did well, so God be praised, and they gave thanksgiving. We give thanksgiving to God because we have plenty. That was back in 1621. 1863, President Lincoln, the first president who made an actual proclamation to do on a regular basis thanksgiving for the last Thursday of every November, and in his address that he gave for the proclamation said thanksgiving that it is for thanksgiving and praise to our father in heaven the reason i'm sharing this with you is because if you don't know original intent original intent will get lost 
original intent was to be passed along by families and to families and through churches. And then in 1939, Franklin Delano Roosevelt changed it from the last Thursday in November to the fourth Thursday in November. And he said, it's a day that we will continue to give thanks for the blessings of God that he has put upon us and bestowed upon us. And that today, you know, you think about Thanksgiving, you go somewhere, you eat, and somebody says, bless the food, thank God, let's eat and get it over with. Thank you for the short prayer. And everybody's got their iPhones out. I love the new commercial on TV with the lady that walks in and they're sitting at the table and they all have their iPhones. I don't know what that's called, what app that is, but she pushes something on her iPhone and all of their iPhones go off. And they all start to complain. She says, we're having a family meal today. And, uh, you know, the people would sit around the table and, and talk about what they're giving thanks for. Shouldn't be once a day, <laughs> once a year. It should be all of the time. I found this in my life, and I know you have too. If I'm giving thanks to God for something and focusing upon what I'm thankful for, I'm not focusing upon what I don't have. I'm not focusing upon what thing hasn't happened the way it should or the way I thought it should, but I'm focusing on something that I'm giving thanksgiving for. So it's really important that we do that, and it's important that we hear one another too. Wouldn't it be great, and maybe some of your families do this, but when you come together as families, you just sit around and you don't talk about the ball games or watch television or all those things that are new with technology, but you sit down and say, hey, what are you thankful for today? And everybody begins to share from their heart. That would be a truly wonderful thing. That is what the original intent of Thanksgiving is all about, to give thanks for what he has done for this wonderful nation of ours. And we have so much to be thankful for. And even in our nation, you can see people that try to pick out and talk about things that didn't go right years ago or aren't going right today or whatever. Folks, there is much more going right than wrong. We are a people that should be thankful that we live in such a great land. We have so much to be thankful for. Honey, why don't you come up here? or an intro, uh, whatever it is. I haven't seen it, but I'm looking forward to it. Something to do with Billy Joe. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking today about, you know, we, we all are thankful for different things. I'm thankful for the Lord that he saved me, number one. But um, different people in your life make a difference. Thank you. Different people in your life make a difference in your destiny, oftentimes. At least open a door for you to fulfill your destiny. And uh, when Pastor Bill and I were in Tulsa, in 1981 we were married in 1981 we moved there in November so we'd been married about six months and uh, we put our children in Victory Christian School in January of that year and uh, I went to work there in July of that year and I felt like the Lord told me that my husband would go to Bible school my husband did not intend to go to Bible school he was just he was just going to work and and be a employment make, make money and help God yeah make money help God and he had the plan for God and so I went to work, but I heard your husband's going to go to school, uh, to Bible school. Well, long story, the Lord did show Bill that's where he was supposed to go. Uh, one of the things that helped was the business he worked for completely shut down. And so right in time to go to Bible school. So he went. And uh, he, it, it was only a one-year Bible school, and I thought the Lord told me he'd go for two years. So I figured he was going to go to Rama, which was another Bible school in Tulsa. The man that I worked for uh, was the head of all the schools. And he called me in his office about the third week I was there and said, not this year, but next year, Victory Bible Institute will be a two-year school. And so I knew we were in the right school. <laughs> and so uh, Pastor Bill started school. Well, Pastor Billy Joe Doherty was the pastor of that church. 
And uh, we did not look like likely candidates. And our past did not make us qualified for what God wanted to do. But the reason that we're here today, I believe, doing Victory Christian Center in Lafayette is because one man saw in us what God wanted us to become. Although we in our heart wanted to serve God, and Bill knew that he had heard God about, you know, becoming a pastor, there was no way that we thought we could be that. And and Pastor Billy Joe saw us and began to pull us into places where we really weren't qualified to be. In fact, there were a few people on the staff who were sure we weren't supposed to be there because we got exalted into positions that, I mean, we were just newbies. I mean, we were really uh, not even understanding why we were being asked to do those things. But God would tell us, and then Pastor Billy Joe would call for us. And so I just felt tonight, today, he, he passed away eight years ago today, 57 years old. Um, I don't know why he went to heaven so early, but I do know, and as you watch this video, you'll see, he and his wife touched multitudes of people. And he tells why he did what he did. And I just felt tonight to honor him in thanksgiving for really who we are today is a reflection of who that church is and who he helped us be. So here's a video. Eternity is forever. Are you preparing for it? So many people prepare for their funeral, what they're going to wear, what's going to happen at that moment, and then it's over. I had an experience that transformed my life when I was standing on a football practice field many years ago. The Lord spoke to me. He said, you'll come to the end of your life and you won't look back on things that you've gained or money that you've earned or houses that you've had or cars. None of that's going to mean anything. He said, you'll look back on the people your life has touched and they will all go into eternity. said go and I looked up at Sharon and I said we're gonna go to Russia and God's gonna make a way four people walked up I'd never seen before and they said we hear you're going to Russia we want to help you the Lord said this is the door that I'm opening in Russia and the harvest is now 
Tonight you can believe in him. Сегодня вечером вы можете поверить в него. And receive his spirit. И принять его дух. To live on the inside of you. Чтобы он стал жить внутри вас. As you believe, когда вы верите, and confess Jesus. Исповедуйте Иисуса. As Lord of your life. When I was a young boy, I was running track, and my dad was up in the stands yelling. When the gun sounded and started off, I went around that first curve down the stretch, and I was coming around the back stretch, and I heard this voice yelling, Come on, Billy Joe, come on! Only it wasn't from a distance. It was close. He was at hand. He's running just right beside the track. Come on, Billy Joe, come on, come on! I don't know who won, him or me, but it's always caused me to think about later on how Jesus Christ came out of the grandstands of heaven and got in the race of life, not just to cheer us from up there. He came to show us what it was like. Hallelujah. He's in the race with you saying, come on. He's going to be inside of you, helping you, strengthening you. Lord, we praise you. are here. St. Aru. That's my mama. Hallelujah. St. Sharon. St. Billy Joe. Has a nice ring to it, doesn't it? Eternity. Is that it? Hallelujah. Give the Lord a hand. <clears throat> yeah. That's interesting to watch. I haven't seen that in a long time. He was a tremendous mentor in my life when God spoke to me and, and I said, go to Tulsa to find the meaning of God would have probably found somebody else to help me, but he used Billy Joe. And Billy Joe was a tremendous mentor in my life. He saw something in me that I didn't see. You know, that's true for all of us. There are things in us that God has put in us that even we don't see. But God will send somebody to be able to help you to see what God has for you. And sometimes uh, pastoring... The church, uh, if I'm focused upon the things I'm giving thanks to God for, it's awesome. Um, 
I thank God for Sheila and Hubert getting married here several years ago and we got to be a part of it. It was such a wonderful thing and all of the wonderful things that have happened in many people's lives. But and sometimes you can look at situations and circumstances that you planted seed into and it doesn't work. They seem to go the other direction and uh, sometimes it, it just gets a little heavy because you're not giving thanks. You're wondering, God, what happened? <laughs> and uh, But every once in a while, when you see those breakthroughs, they're so exciting. And Manny Rodriguez is one of those uh, because I love Manny, and sometimes you hear me use him as, as examples in this church. But when Manny came to us, he was a little rough around the edges. Manny's always been a little rough around the edges. But, uh, but, but the one thing that has always impressed me about Manny is that no matter how far off the reservation he went, uh, he always knew where he belonged. And that is so important. Manny, come on down here. Give him a hand as he comes. But uh, Manny, is, uh, Manny is an interesting guy. Come on up here with me, Manny. Um, how, Manny, when, what age did you come to this church? Uh, I believe I was like 14 years old. So 14. Did your mom drag you in? No, I was invited by a friend that I met in Sunnyside Middle School. Really? Yeah. So but did she it, did have to drag me to other churches. And before. you gave your heart to the Lord? <laughs> Back then, I thought I gave my heart to the Lord. I was just really scared because they were like yelling at me. And yeah, stuff. we did. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, and here with my heart, I did give my life to the Lord. <laughs> yeah. and, and then uh, you really plugged in to the youth. Yes, sir. You really got involved. You and Dan were, uh, well, probably it wasn't even Dan. Was it Dan back then? It, it started off with uh, Buck and Chris. And, yeah. Um, and then uh, eventually it went from that to Pastor Dan and Kelly. And then, yeah. Yeah. And then you really got turned on to the things of God. Oh, yeah. And then you went to uh, Ron Luce's Acquire the Fire out in Texas. Yes, sir. Yeah. And then you end up part of their staff. Yeah. I was, yeah. yeah. I was doing my second, my second term there was with uh, the Acquire the Fires, if you guys are familiar with that. We were touring across the United States and living inside of a, you guys are familiar with Greyhound buses? We were living in those, and uh, we would stop in people's houses, they would open up their houses and saying you guys can come shower here, eat here, and we lived in that for about six months. Training hundreds and hundreds of kids to yes. go all over the world. Yes. And you were out at Steve Green's old place. The, the, yeah. the You were at the big camp in Steve Texas. Green or Al Green, yeah, something like that, yeah. Yeah, is it Steve Green? Al Green. Yeah. Keith Green. Keith Green, Keith Green, yeah. That's close. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were both wrong, yeah. But, but then uh, something happened. I remember reading about you one time. I, I didn't see you very much. Yeah. But then I remember reading about you in the newspaper. Oh, yeah. I don't remember. I, it was yeah. a sports page or what was it? <laughs> uh, it was like a criminal what, sport what? page. But <laughs> <laughs> wrong place, wrong time. Um, definitely out of God's will for my life, and it was getting deeper and deeper. So during all that time, though, you, you kind of came to a fork in the road. Oh, yeah. You know what Yogi Bear says when you come to the fork in the road? No. Take it. Take. <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs> that sounds like <laughs> I would say. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, you don't have to go into any details and stuff like that. Yeah. But you didn't, you didn't do something that you didn't know whether or not it was wrong. But you had the word. Yeah, definitely. What, what happened? Um, 
Are we going with why 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 was why I was aware why I came back or just pretty much the whole thing? I don't know. We're gonna go, so we're gonna go for it. So, I when I came here, I was invited by a friend, and he was like, "You gotta come to this church. It's pretty cool. It's a youth program." And I'm like, "No, I'm not having nothing to do with no church. No, no disrespect, but my mom used to try to drag me in churches." Well, he was like, he kept talking about it every time I'd see him. So we came, or I came, and he didn't even show up. It was a Wednesday night, and I was like, man. <laughs> And they were like, oh, you're with LeVette? I was like, yeah, LeVette. And he's, well, he never showed up, so I was by myself. But, I mean, just the love I got. It was a very small youth group at the time. It was right where the kids' place is at. And um, so I was there, and, I mean, it was just amazing. It was way different from what I've ever experienced from any church. And this was just in the youth. And, um, I mean, they were just loving and caring, and I was like, wow. So that kind of stuck with me. And I came back another Wednesday, and then I, it was Chris. It was like, you should come to our uh, adult service. And I was like, okay, I'll try that. So then when I came in, I remember coming in through these doors. And, I mean, the first thing that happens is they just came in and hugged me. And I was like, whoa, like, this is crazy. And I mean, I mean, not, I mean that in a good way, you know what I'm saying? So they came in and hugged me, and then I heard the message, you know, that God loves me and that, you know, that he accepts me for who I am. And that, and I never heard that before, and it just completely just changed my life. And I, I said, I need to keep coming back. I told my mom, I said, Mom, let's go to this church. She's like, you want to go to church? I said, yeah, I want to go to this church. I started telling all my homies about this church. I, had, I was in a gang back then. I had a lot of homies in this church off the street. I'm not even playing, like, real homies that are in, like, all of them. We were, like, playing basketball here. Pastor Danny Kelly was just inviting them. And uh, so we had them all in here. And... I mean, God is definitely, you know, when something real happens in your life, it really happens in your life. Like, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's no other way around it. So I just took it everywhere I went, you know, and people started recognizing me for the guy that was all about Jesus. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, just, I just got further and further with the things of God. And then I felt like when I was 17, I didn't have anywhere to go. I dropped out of high school, and I felt like God told me to come to VBI. But I, th I didn't think I was good enough for it. My whole life, I had that Gideon like Gideon's symptom, you know, like, I'm not good enough, God could never use me, but, you know, uh, he put it on my heart, and then he came across, Pastor Bill was like, hey, what do you think about going to VBI, and I was like, wow, so I, I went ahead with it, graduated, and then I went to Team Mania, and the same thing with Team Mania, when I seen the thing on uh, Acquire the Fire, all over the big screens about uh, this Honor Academy thing, I was like, there's no way that I could ever go there, it's a campus, it's a college, I'm from the hood, there's no way I could ever go there. And he put it on my heart, and uh, I mean, I went forward. I asked Pastor Dan. As soon as I brought it up to Pastor Dan, he was like, "Yeah, let's do it, let's do it." And he op God opened up doors I've never seen ever for me to get there. I mean, finances, deadlines, and everything. But uh, when I had, um, when uh, I got further and further with the things of God, there was a lot of things that making what's the word? Uh, what's that word I'm looking for? openings, things that could have easily distracted me from where I should have been focusing on. And, uh, I mean, that team mania, I was coming across people that I never thought I would ever meet, you know, that I remember when I was here hearing on the radio rap for God, I, I was like, wow. So when I first had seen, like, T-Bone and all these people, they were, like, becoming my friends and reaching out to me, and it was just blowing me away that he was opening these doors that I never thought ever was possible, and I'm here to tell you, like, for sure, more than, there's no doubt in my mind, if you are in where you feel God needs you to be, and you're focused on just that alone, just that alone, I'm a living testimony that he will take you places you don't even know how it's happening, you know, where I was hanging out with T-Bone, I don't know if you guys know who that is at, back then, 
he was the biggest Christian rapper then. I never thought I would be hanging out with him walking in Fort Worth, Texas. Him grabbing me and saying, hey, we're going to get on stage. You're going to rap with me. I never, never, ever in my mind. But it was God keeping his hand over, over my life because, you know, I gave everything I had to him. So coming back to here, um, I just... I, I came back like with a wildfire. I was like, let's do this. Let's take off. Yeah, we're going to bring this and that. So Dan Dan was like, let's do this. We were like tag teaming, man. We were just getting it. And then uh, I came across, uh, I'm trying to think of the word. Uh, what's the word? Where is Opportunities to take my, my eyes off of the things of God. And I would fell for those things progressively further and further and further in. And then um, instead of knowing in my heart, that, you know, that God loves me no matter what. And in my past, I was listening to the enemy saying, you know, you messed up too bad. There's no going back. Look at all the things that you did for the, or that God you did through your life, and look how you're repaying him back. And instead of arguing with those lies, I fell into it, and then I just fell into it further and further, and I ended up in a newspaper. What made you come back? What, what got you out to come back? So, uh, you know, the prodigal son, and so how many of you have people in your family, uh, relatives, or, or people that you know that have really gotten caught up in the drug scene? Can I see your hand? Because we want to pray for you in just a moment, but, uh, you know, you were in that scene, not yeah. as a user, but you were in mm -hmm. that scene, uh, and, and, you know, what, what brought you out of it, Manny? So in my heart, I always wanted to always come back to church. And this is where I was my home, regardless of, I mean, I've been to so many churches, but this has always been my home. I had gotten into a deep relationship with this girl. And uh, we had had, a, I found out she had got pregnant. And I knew in my heart, I, was, I knew that I did not want to have a kid and not have him in the things, without the things of God in his life. So I knew that everything had to stop, everything. And so, I mean, that just... I presented it to her, and she was like, yeah, let's go. And we just got hooked into church. And my son was born, and I just I told her, and we agreed that, okay, I got to quit uh, doing what I'm doing to provide for us. And it's been a very long and slow process since I chose to walk away from providing for myself and a very humbling process. But the things that I've seen and the character that's been built in me, and the, I mean, just a daily struggle, has been amazing, and I mean that's why I'm here now because I knew that with this cut, with this son I'm having, I, I want him to be, you know, because I, I I know I can be the potential to be a loving father, but I mean how much more can God, who loved me, who showed me, who separated me, and took me out of a horrible situation, can God do through His life, you know? So we got back in it, and we've been in it ever since. You're an awesome father to Dominic, uh, but you grew up without a father figure, didn't you? Yes, sir. Yeah. Yeah, I always I always tell people that, and then I feel like when I do that, God's like, "You didn't grow up without a father," yeah. you know, and it's like, "Wow, you yeah. know." So that's good. That's real that's talk. Good. That's good. Yeah, give the Lord a hand. Amen. In just a moment, I'm going to have you pray for those people, or maybe we'll pray for them right now. That, that you know, you've got somebody in your family. Just stand up if that's you. They've gone. They, you know, they've gotten involved in the wrong kind of stuff. Not just necessarily drugs, but drugs is one of the biggest culprits that the devil's using today in people's lives. And uh, Manny, you've been there. You've done that. Yes, and uh, let the Holy Spirit use you as you pray for all of these people just to encourage them and build up their faith and not let go. Because uh, 
I love you and I've always loved you. And uh, I remember reading about you in the newspaper and I would just feel my heart break. I never felt like I wanted to beat on you. <laughs> I, I do have some people I feel that way. <laughs> but I've never felt that way about Manny. I've just always felt like I just want to put my arms around him and hug him and say, Manny, you know what's right. And uh, he's, just, he's just called of God, I believe. He really is called of God. And Manny has believed years ago to be, to be called as a Christian rapper. And uh, I'm not, I don't believe that call has ever left you. Uh, I don't think you have believe that either, that yeah. that's ever left your heart. But, but for right now, uh, let's pray for all of these people, that uh, whatever you feel. Our Father, we thank you for your mercy, Lord, and for your grace and for your loving heart. And I just pray that every person that stood up and has whatever going through their hearts and, and in their lives and it's personally affecting them or their families and anything that you just, uh, you, you show them in your heart, in their heart, Father, that that you are our comforting Father, Lord, that everything that has anything to do with us, Lord, that you want everything to do with that. You don't want us to hide anything from, from you, Lord. Every, every single aspect that has everything to do with us, Lord, and our families, our kids, our, our aunts and uncles, and the people that we've lost touch with, Lord, that you want everything to do with everything, Father. And we just pray that your mercy and your grace would shed upon their heart and tear, open, tear, tear apart the things that are holding them back from you, Father, anything that might be in the way of of giving you the glory, Lord. And um, I just pray your will, Father, your complete will, Lord, over their situations and their lives, Lord. You know, your, your, your ways are higher than us, Father. We, we tend to put you in a box, and, and we, we tend to and pray things our way, Father, but your, wills, your ways is truly higher than our minds could ever concept or even grasp, Father. So I just pray your will... And I pray that as we pray your will and your way, Father, that you enlighten us and those who, who are believing for our families and, and need that reassurement, Father, that you, you show us what to pray for, Lord. You show us the steps to take, Father. And you show us that you like to be involved in it every, every, every day, every second of our lives, Father. Like Smith Wigglesworth used to say, Lord, I don't usually pray more than 30 minutes, but I usually don't go more than 30 minutes without praying. You love that, Father. And I pray that you just give us that heart, Father, that every single step we take, is involved with you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray, Lord. Amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand. You can be seated for just a moment. Manny, give us a sample. Okay, so I haven't done this in a million years, so bear with me. This is all spur of the moment, too. I saw Shout out to the sound man, man. He, he was, um, he was, he was uh, what do you call it? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> what's the, what's the, yeah, here we go. Check it out. Yeah. Yes, sir. Turn it up, homie. Yeah. Hey, you guys can stand up if you want. Check it out. Yeah. Represent for Christ. Check it out. Yo. Hey, clap your hands if you want to. Yeah. Give the glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah. Hey, come on with it, cause you know that I'm in it. I represent Christ to the day that I'm no longer breathing. It's Him that's my president. You know I keep it real. I represent Christ in every moment that I'm spitting, cause you know I pay the field. So follow my worship in Him, and I can be the prison. I pray that my future decline, Lord. You know I keep it right, because you know, Lord, I represent You everything I do. And it's Christ that represents every move, and I pray that His words will be 
Spoken through my mouth and everything, Lord. I pray that your mercy and grace will situate this place, Lord. Your Holy Spirit that would touch our hearts. I represent you with everything that I be doing in my heart. I fire for you, Lord. I worship in you, Lord. I give you praise in everything I do, Father. I worship you when I just pray your way upon this earth. You guys, you guys, Glory to God. Manny, we love you. Would you bow your heads with me just for a moment? You know, you may be here tonight and maybe you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe, maybe you're here and you've walked away from the Lord like a prodigal child, like, like Manny did at one time. But God loves you. God, God's calling you back home to Him. And if you're here and, and you'd say, Pastor, I, I don't know if I'd die tonight. I'd go to be with Jesus, but I want that assurance. I'm going to ask you just to lift your hand, and we're going to pray for you. Take just a moment all over this church, anyone at all. Father, you know everybody that's here. Lord, I thank you for every single person. Thank you that you have a plan for their life, anyone at all, before we pray. So I'll make this confession right now. Jesus, I believe that you are my Lord and Savior, that you died for my sins. I thank you for the plan that you have for my life because the true desire of my heart is to serve you and to fulfill your will. And deep in my heart, I know that I'll never be satisfied until I fulfill your plan for my life. Stretch your hands out here toward Manny. Father, I thank you for Manny. I thank you for the powerful testimony that he has. And I thank you that no matter what road he has ever been on, he knew the right road. He knew his father's love. He knew the love of Jesus and it never departed from him and I thank you that every experience that Manny has had good, bad and ugly it'll be turned and it will strengthen him to be the man of God that you've called him to be I stir up the gift in the name of Jesus that Manny will fulfill his God given destiny upon this earth be all that you've called him to be give you the praise and the honor and the glory. Thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Manny, why don't you do this? Why don't you go to the door and let everybody love on you as you leave, okay? Remember that hug you had when you yeah. came in? God, when you, you, now you can give it as they leave, okay? Give Manny a hand. Go and be blessed.